I'm here today with Taylor Budd, and he his main two things in life are, at least externally, are the Dao and breath. And he has a YouTube channel called Dao Lore, which is T-A-O space L-O-R-E. And an Instagram, what's your Instagram, Taylor? It's the same thing, T-A-O, but no space, L-O-R-E. All right, cool. So today we are going to talk about um, a few different topics having to do with um, accessing your inner children. And also, like, we'll see where this goes, but I wanted to also talk about the health of different organs and things like that. But before we start, could you tell us, you know, the pre-ventilation sounds before you do a breath session? Could you, the pre-ventilation sounds and what they mean? Oh, like uh, you're talking about the, the first um, 18 breaths? I mean, like, do you know, like, sorry, go ahead. Three, it's three rounds of six breaths and always like six different sounds, is that what you mean? Yeah, I was hoping that you could explain like the meaning of those different sounds because I just, yeah, there's such fundamental things about like releasing blame and thinking of yourself as as the other. Could you explain this? Oh yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, so um, uh, from what people are calling the root chakra, that the, the first sound would be ah, uh, uh, and that, you know, that's more so uh, pre-ventilating that, that fear. And you know, that's why when people get afraid, they go, you know, you hear it typically like ah, uh, you know. <laughs> So it's like a knee-jerk reaction, uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, one one level up would be like you, and that's like more so um, the me and you duality, you know, uh, pre-ventilation. Um, uh, you're pretty much getting over those carnal desires and the desire to like point the finger or, you know, not necessarily blame. You, it could be blaming people or it could be outsourcing your contentment and your peace through others and saying, man, if I was, if I had this person around or whatever, so <laughs> you got you, you got you for that. And then soul is for your solar plexus. And, um, that one kind of goes without saying, you know, I guess, uh, just to stir up that, that energy, release that energy in the solar plexus to where you can live, um, above the heart and not from the heart down. Cause most people live from the gut to the heart, maybe, you mm -hmm. know, or the root to the, you know, but, but to get above that, you know, to release that, those knots in that area, the solar plexus uh, and that pancreas area and everything, the soul sound. And then um, E for your ether chakra uh, so that you um, can express your heart, express yourself. And then um, if you have any breaks or cracks in that, then there's somewhere where you're lying to yourself. So mm -hmm. you have a, a solid, consistent E or you know, you can play with the pitch a little bit, however you want. But if you get a, a solid E sound, then you, you're you're also um, vibrating the thyroid, the parathyroid, and your thymus when you get that E sound. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then song. Okay, real quick, um, can I interrupt you? What's your thymus? Your thymus gland is um, it's uh, by your clavicle. It's, mm -hmm. um, your thymus gland is what regulates your. Uh, it helps to regulate your sexual appetite. It keeps you childlike to where you're more into it. And also, you know, if you, if you look into AIDS, 
um, they say you lose T cells. And that's more so because the thymus gland isn't active. You know, you see um, like gorillas beating on their chest to activate the gland that is their thymus. Mm -hmm. And that's just to keep that immune system up, keep you childlike. You know, when you're childlike like that, then you have a greater immunity, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's, you know, you're really, uh, you want to vibrate that, the thymus, the parathyroid, the thyroid. And uh, that's, that's what that E sound will do. And um, so then it's sun or son. And son, you can, you can feel it in your nasal passage and in your face. And that's like going to vibrate that midbrain, pituitary, pineal. You're going to vibrate that area. And that's going to take you into that state of um, there's nothing against me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everything's coming to me to, to promote my, my reclamation of peace. So mm -hmm. no one's against me. They're not, no one's against me. They're just here to, to make me better in a lot of ways, you know, so the song makes that clear, you know, if you've been making that noise and vibrating those glands and they're activated the way they should be, then your endocrine system will be firing and then you'll be less likely to be, um, you know, vengeful or, you know, point blame, you know, all that type of stuff, but there's nothing against you. You realize like more so that everything is you. And then, um, the Psalm is similar to Alm and, um, it's vibrating that, that whole, what people are calling the crown is vibrating that whole halo region that, um, that unshakable peace region where you're beyond body, beyond mind. And, um, you know, you know, beyond all that, uh, just, it, that, that just stimulates that oneness, you know, that's why they think mm -hmm. the universal, the universal sound and everything. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really, you know, if you ask me, they call your arms and legs limbs, so we're more so, you know, upside down trees, and <laughs> it's flipped. I feel like the root chakra is really the crown, and the because, you know, if you look at a tree, the fruit comes from the top, mm -hmm. you know, from the limbs. From yeah. The limbs. And I mean, our fruit, our eggs and seeds come from what people are calling the root. And if you look at the sperm, it looks the same as the spine and the brain, and it looks the same as a, a sprout, like when a if you plant in a seed in the ground and then mm -hmm. it, you know, it destroys itself to make itself into a tree, then it's, you know, that it's sprouting up from that, from that seed. And it's like the same thing as the, the brain sprouting up, you know, um, you know, making, you got the spine and then the limbs sprout out off of that. And then you got your supposed root chakra with the fruit. So it's the brain itself is more so like the seed and, you know, they could even call it a brain stem and everything so it's like mm -hmm. you know I, I, that's that's kind of more so how i look at it I, even though i know that the general consensus is reversed to that it's uh it's just more so the way i see it is that like going that om sound is kind of bringing you back to the root mm -hmm. to the, the or the origin to you know pre-germination even yeah i i appreciate it just makes me i don't know how to explain it but the way you're explaining it makes me feel like that sort of heals the escapism that often goes along with the way that we think of like rising into the crown chakra. I don't know. It feels more rooted. That's all I can say. Like, yeah, that we're rooted in that feeling of like, you're not your brain. You're not all those things. Um, instead of being focused on, on all the quote unquote animalistic states and things like that do you know what I, do you know what i mean like how we 
how do I say it? I, I also, I really identified with what you said about being stuck between the gut and the heart. Um, that state of being. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are um, looking from that place. It's like, um, you know, if you were to look at, if you were to look at life, like if your consciousness, like if you're constantly eating and then you're releasing um, sexual chi through orgasms, if you're constantly doing that, then your, all your blood is in those regions and digestion and reproduction. Yeah. So like blood is, you know, I always say blood is liquid consciousness, physical consciousness, however you want to look at it. So mm -hmm. if your blood, if your blood is always down there and your consciousness is down there, it's like, it's like you're looking out of the body from that place. It's like, you're already in a hole looking out, like trying to see out from, from <laughs> within the, the circumstance. So, yeah. you know, people are in, you know, they're living from a guttural level and that's where a lot of parasite nests are in the body. So, you know, but at this point though, sorry to go a little bit off topic, but yeah, at this point it's like, it's like people have, you know, the parasites have crossed the blood brain barrier because of the nanoparticles and the emulsifiers that have been, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the vaccines and in the food. So all that, and in the air, mm -hmm. so all that, um, you know, uh, allows for parasites to go past the blood brain barrier and then uh, expand. So people have, you know, they're not fully inhabiting those upper chakras anyway. Like those are pretty much just, you know, uh, hijacked mm -hmm. and people are, uh, they're operating from, yeah, the heart down and the guttural level. And it's just, uh, it's just what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. So what you've been talking about seemed to be exactly what's probably in like the last three books or, PDFs that you've written. The last one was Lock Consciousness and then Crown Tantra and 2020 Tantra. Is that it? Are those your last three? Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, well, let me see. Now, my last three was Lock Consciousness, Healing a Day, oh. and then I, and I think Crown. Because I wrote 2020 Tantra in 2018. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah now, um, so, yeah, Crown Tantra. Healing a day and then uh, so, uh, lock consciousness. Yeah. So what is so twenty twenty tantra and crown tantra? Could you talk about what the, what the difference sort of is between them? Obviously, like what what the focus is in each of them. Um, well, twenty twenty tantra is more so about like uh, you know the. Um, you know, the, the presence, just remaining present and uh, people that have partners and uh, remaining present during sex and not getting lost in the concepts and um, maintaining the circulation of the light or the blood, whatever, mm -hmm. to where, you know, you stay on top of the breath and then you don't release those, that all that sexual chi and then you can be a better partner because you're not drained and you're not operating from a guttural level and you can, you're not, you know, it is not in an animalistic level, so you 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 can have the empathy and the compassion yeah. more consist more consistently. Yeah, you wrote that so clearly, like it 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 makes such beautiful, obvious sense. So, yeah. And what about Crown Tantra? Crown Tantra is more so about like the practical end. I mean, twenty twenty Tantra has practice in it, but Crown Tantra is more so about like your daily practical end, like where you just to maintain your um awareness and to maintain the um uh the presence 
to where, you know, you're, uh, you're doing what you can practically from moment to moment or breath to breath to where you can always have that connection. It's like they always say, like, the Tao is always within you or whatever. That, that's always there. It's never gone. You're never off the path. But the awareness is always there. And Crown Tantra kind of just gives you a practical end of, like, you know, things that you can do or not do to, to maintain that connection and that awareness of, of the awareness, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then lastly, real quick, before we do finally talk about inner children, but your lock consciousness, what's, what's that about? Um, that's just more so about, um, it's got practical, a practical side to it too, but it's, it's more so just about like, uh, kind of like a, a collage of books in a sense where it's, it's giving you um, all the perspectives that would uh, really make you more inclined to, to appreciate the breath more and, and, you know, just reflecting when you have the chance to reflecting on your behaviors to where you can discern, you know, what is the animated part, animal part of me and what is the consciousness, you know, when, you know, when is, when is which will uh, being applied uh-huh. and, um, you know, and, and just, just how to, how to navigate through the society and, and to really, another thing, I guess it, it harps on, it harps on like the mechanical end of cleansing. You know, a lot of people will take herbs and do enemas mm-hmm. and life would, life will just continue to, you know, make them toxify because they're only doing the mechanical end of the cleansing. They're not doing the definitely the deep subconscious work. So, you can do enemas and fast and do, take herbs and all that. And you're just going to retox unless you do the breathing and really get down to the subtle part of creation and, um, and really face, you know, the source. Yeah, definitely. And that's what is, it's frustrating the way that most people, like most content that's available online is just almost like performative in that in that aspect like they show you you can do this particular breath practice or you can take these herbs to cleanse this but it no but it doesn't really touch on getting to that subconscious stuff um yeah and so you never yeah you never touch the source yeah it's all it's all about timing you know people will be like a 72 hour fast or seven day fast or 40 day fast and then it's like you still got to go on for infinity, bro. Like the rest <laughs> of your spiritual existence, you know, you, still have to, you know, it's like, it's not over. There's no end to it. So it's like, yeah. And you can't can, show up and say like, I've got this collection of success now. And yeah, like you yeah. said in the, said a couple of days ago, the thing about you, you're equal to equidistant from like progression or regression. I'm not sure how you would say it, but, um, every every new moment but yeah it's like no one's above the the slippery slope you know yeah like anybody can fall off you know and it's just just that practical incorporation of of um, mindfulness and um responsibility you know accountability and and, and really getting to the depth of that accountability because you know a lot of people are just you know they're not they're, they they identify with their thoughts and their feelings and their human concept. So it's there. They, when you identify with that level, then your accountability is at that level. It's like people don't want to reach those other levels. So from a human point, you know, it, it's a lot of limitation, you know, it's like, I'm the human, this is the floor, 
that's my dog. You know, it's like <laughs> a lot of separation there. It's like no oneness in that. So, mm-hmm. when, you know, when you're living in those limits, then it's a lot easier to, you know, point the blame or say like, oh, the system is against me. I can't change it and make totally. it more powerless. Exactly. It's a lot easier to do that. So if people were to, you know, come to those other states of accountability and realization of the oneness, then they could see how like, oh, there's no separation here and all my little moves make ripples and the system is me. I am the system. Yeah. And, you know, and my own sincerity is what matters. It's not about, you know, my, any perception, you know, my perception of myself or others' perception. It's more so like that internal sincerity and operating from that place instead of the idea of what should be or what shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That is such like a beautiful ceiling to come out of the whole, like seeing the system as you rather than the, the, a giant oppressive thing is one of the most important things to to get in touch with. So I'm going to start with the the inner child topic because there's something I've been feeling like my own, I, I like identify so much with thinking logically about things and trying to think maturely and that I've come to a point where I think I actually have some inner, like very young inner children, like six year old inner children that have that are having certain sorts of fits or emotional shutdowns and things like that that I can't have having like an impossible time connecting with like a, like a parent who sort of tries to talk all logically at their kid um, when that kid is distraught about something I was babysitting the other day and the, one of the girls she was really upset and her brother said to me like in his in his like childish I mean, like childlike, not childish, but awareness and wisdom. She was like, sometimes when she really, really likes someone and doesn't get to do something with them, she gets really upset like this. And like she's, and it just made me think of myself and um, the recognition that like all these complications I've been making in my mind about about like trying to force my thinking away from whatever inner child that's that's really unhappy inside of me is is actually feeling i yeah touch touching back into rec- being able to contact those inner children not just the 6 year old but any a lot play phase along the way that's like really hurt seems like a really important thing to be able to able to make contact with so that you can have your childlike life force back and um so yeah I you don't have to respond particularly to my story or anything like that but I just wanted to hear your perspective on on being in contact being your inner child in life and how in different stages in your past like you you're still in the present sort of acting out hurt aspects of different inner children. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I really just, uh, you know, I guess you do what you can while you can. And I, and it's really no separation, you know, from like you still, you know, we don't, we don't grow older. We just grow taller, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not, you're never not the kid in there. Yeah, so. exactly. 
you know, it's like those opportunities uh, arise where you, you get uh, maybe malevolent feelings or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, and um, though that's the moment usually where you should, you know, do that inventory where you're like, man, how old am I behaving right now? And then once you kind of do that inventory where you're like, man, I'm really behaving from a nine-year-old place or a five-year-old place in this, when this trigger, and then you can kind of fully think that thought out, like, why would I be, because if you think the thought out fully, then you're going to get the full answer. You know, a lot of people don't delve into the whole thought. They usually just block it out and distract. Exactly. It. That's what I've, that's what it's been. Yeah. Yeah. Because questions and answers, you know, they, they, the answer is always in the question. So you have to fully think it out to get the full answer. And people are constantly distracting. So in those moments, it's more so like, okay, address this fully. Like, why do I feel this way? Okay. I was triggered by this. I was feeling this way. I was operating from an infantile level or a state of vulnerability or feeling like, uh, that, uh, I was mistreated without, you know, having any power over the circumstance, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And then you can start to apply it to your real life. You know, you do your, like your mental Rolodex, like, man, what, where did this come from mentally for me, as far as my, my traumas and my experiences, where, where is this really stemming from? Like how, you know, how did, how did I get to this point in my life where I'm triggered by something like this and I'm 30 years old <laughs> from this place, you know, <laughs> you see it all the time. You see it all the time. You know what I mean? Like people, you know, it's, it's an alcoholic uh, world for the most part, you know, whether that's through bad food combinations or what, you know, yeah. from pure, pure alcohol. So it's an alcoholic world. People eating starch and ethanol which is converted to alcohol by candida in the body. So people are alcoholics, you know, and that comes from that bitterness and that deep bitterness, you know, it's coming from feeling like they had their sweetness robbed of them. Mm-hmm. And that's usually from a childhood trauma. And a lot of people, you know, drink because it, and it comes in a bottle. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just that infantile, like deep trauma that a lot of people, they don't even realize they'd be, they'd be 60, 70, 80 years old behaving from an infantile place and they just haven't addressed it and that's like you know it constantly rears its head though and then they constantly distract and then the body becomes more stiff you know you, you indulge in more starch which means to stiffen mm-hmm. our clothes so like you know people are doing that they become emotionally stiff physically stiff and then the body you know like the towel says like uh plants when they're when they're uh when they're young, they're born tender and pliant, and when they die, they're brittle and dry. And it's the same thing with people. They dehydrate and become stiff and brittle as years go because mm-hmm. of that indulgence um, stemming from the bitterness because that feeling of someone took something from me that otherwise I would have, my sweetness has been robbed from out from within me and now uh-huh. I have to chase sweetness. Yeah, that is, it does seem like a huge root of people distracting themselves is distracting themselves in that, from that inner child feeling of hurt. It seems like one of the fundamental things that people run, run from forever. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. And then they just continue to injure the child. Exactly. That's what's so tragic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like people, I guess, everybody's process is their own. I guess they got to come to that acceptance or realization to where they're like, man, I'm only perpetuating this. And then it just keeps going. And then um, the animal nature continues to override. And then they probably have children from a carnal place. And then they mm-hmm. take their children away or they, you know, 
don't treat their children a certain way. And then now the child has certain scars emotionally that just continue. It's like more scar tissue, more and more scar tissue. Yeah, exactly. And I, not just the scar tissue aspect of like the, the pain of that, but I feel like when I am in that, when I'm acting like that inner child, that's when like the, the rational, like it, in other times in my life, I don't really have anger, like that violent feeling inside of me. Um, but that's when it really happens. Like that's when it happens for me. And even though I don't act it out in a, in a really, you know, like in a physically abusive way to anyone, I feel like a lot of almost all of the anger and violence that's going on or even more calculated like um militaristic violence is some form of an unhealed it's all pretty calculated though i'm sorry oh no 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 calculate me (laughs) tell me what yeah it is it is very calculated i guess and it's just you mean the other people are just suffering with their violent inner children (laughs) well well they're being calculated (laughs) yeah because the system are just a reflection of the natural or the supernatural system. So like all the unnatural systems or whatever, they're just mirrors of the natural system, which is the balance of nature or supernature is so calculated and so balanced. Like they say, the Tao is like a bending of the bow. The Mm -hmm. top is bent down, the lower is bent up. Mm -hmm. They keep that perfect balance all the time. It's like there's this constant unseen balance between physical and metaphysical. This dance is constantly going because it's the breath. Mm-hmm. in and the out and so being one you know so that that the reflections of that being the governments of the world and all that they're all just more rational reflections of that same thing so it is like a it's like an onslaught from the supernatural um unseen world where people are being punished for things that they're being blinding themselves to and being ignorant to so that they get punished supernaturally metaphysically you know they have to okay I, I get what you mean now more yeah. than i did yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah so it's like it's kind of, it's like you get the triple whammy now like you know. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah full force so the the yeah and i've also this is slightly disconnected but i really understand the whole like i've been for a long time, the whole concept, like beans, <laughs> being suicidal is such like a, it, it's suicidality is like a normal thing in so many levels based on how, how people live, like actions that we take that are anti, anti-health. And yeah. it's just, uh, like I recognized when I started feeling like, why the heck am I doing these things to myself that I recognize sort of are like forms of killing myself and and seeing like the, the no separation in the murder in the world, like the way that I'm murdering myself, like I'm seeing other people getting murdered and like there's this whole trend in society and and I'm and I'm doing it like I'm literally doing it by how I'm, how I'm acting and yeah mm. yeah it's a slippery slope man it really is like it's it's, it's subtle like where so you identify with a thought that is not complimentary and then you start to take these subtle actions towards killing yourself and people um are appalled by people that kill themselves quickly yeah but, exactly 
<laughs> yeah, but it, it, I don't know which one's worse, you know, to like have a long drawn out 70 year suicide or to get this shit over right now. I don't, you know, I can't really point the finger and say, yeah, I can't judge it, <laughs> but it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's bad. Any, any, any even fraction of it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the point where you had to get to where you put dead things in your body. Mm-hmm. Whether it, you know, whether it's dead animals or food with no life, yeah, all the life, all the life's been cooked out of it. Yeah, like, oh my god, the, the, you know, how many thoughts brought that to a point of manifestation? It's like it's so yeah. The point of like the beginning to take that step in direction of suicide is so subtle mm-hmm. that people people just take it for granted, you know. And so now you got a, a, a porn culture of people just releasing and that's suicidal and they don't Definitely. look at it like that. It's justified. So it's, Cause, yeah. Cause it's know. so similar to so many other things that are entertainment, yeah. but yeah. It's been normalized. Like the sick, the sickness has been normalized. So there's no like point of reference to say like, Oh man, like I could live another way. And this doesn't have to be. And this is detrimental to all of life. Not just me because I can't even, I don't have the energy to participate in life and vibrate and refract the energy another way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I didn't do these things, I would have that energy. And that's just the responsibility, like, and the unseen end of it, where you're like, I know I don't see the results maybe immediately, but I know that this will continue to snowball. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what's so serious about it. Um, but yeah, that sort of transitions me a little into the reality of the world where we've got like ridiculously hybridized plants and like billions and billions and billions of livestock everywhere. And now we have governmental systems where um, we be- perform our role as human livestock in a way. Like this, it's such a giant topic, but um, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about the plants and the animals at the moment. I wanted you to talk a little bit about what are some of the, some of the signs in society, like to just start learning about things like the, like driver's license, birth certificate, all that kind of stuff, like what it represents in terms of our human life, livestockness. Like, um, just what it means to be a, uh, to be a, to be cattle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, at some level, it's, it's, it's some unseen farming going on, you know, that just ripples into the physical, you know, like the, the souls are being farmed and siphoned off, you know, energy being siphoned off and then that makes the bodies, you know, have less of a soul, less presence. So they, yeah. they, they are lacking energy and then they go and they farm the world, they farm animals and plants. And then it just continues to ripple down into, to where, you know, it's just, you know, it, it just can, it's just a ripple effect basically. And so, you know, they got the, the birth certificate, social security number, the you know the birth certificate number is a stock on the stock exchange and mm-hmm. the social security number is used as leverage for whatever government that you're under to 
get loans from the from the central banks of the world and um that's kind of i guess the the rational end of it but the, the irrational end of it would be some sort of uh metaphysical farming going on that mm -hmm. uh would be really kind of hard to explain more so i guess experience when you can kind of feel like you're being farmed on a, on a solar level, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, like I said, the blood is liquid consciousness and the blood is just dense breath and the breath is the spirit mm -hmm. and the spirit is, you know, pretty much, uh, the, the awareness and physical form or however you want to look at it, the, the physical vessel, the light, the light body. Mm -hmm. So, um, you could definitely look at it. Like it's just that people are being used as power plants, like the matrix and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's the the physical end of it is really the end, like the la the latter end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, though. Yeah, but it's. I feel like whenever we get into these topics, like there's so many, there's so many people, obviously, in the world who are really interested in in trying to dig into like what are what's the truth behind behind all these systems. And it's great that people try to understand it, but it's really, if you're in a big state of fear with it, it's just destructive. And being able to not see that as scary and be able to go back to your breath and really like dig into your consciousness that way is the most important thing. Like a child isn't sitting there thinking about um, the central banks of the world and what a fraud it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's more important that we get in touch with our inner children than we get on the internet and research this, not trying to make too much of a value judgment there. But just looking at the world, like there's so many websites and there's so many, there's so much out there for people to try to feel like they're in the know about the conspiracies and about the data mining and just everything. But I just want to, like be able to not distract from the inner child as much. Yeah, uh, you know, just staying to that 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 core that core essence is uh is is you know all that stuff comes from just trying to protect it, you know, and then it, it further damages it when the more you flinch. It's really a <laughs> it's a it's a wild paradox, really. Yeah, is there anything else that you could say about understanding that? The other that you like further injure it with your flinching? Like how to what do you do instead of that? Well, like the more the more you flinch, you know, the more that you attract uh, the damage, really. It's mm -hmm. just like you know, because you you're when you flinch, you're kind of taking yourself out of the moment and going into uh, the concepts of what might be and, and, and that's what rapidly makes those things happen. Like they say, um, uh, fear causes hesitation. Hesitation makes your worst fears come true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hesitation is just, is just that slipping out of the moment for a moment and slipping into what might happen. And then that's basically slipping into a parallel reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, if I want to keep these episodes shorter than, than I was before. So I think that I'm going to leave it at that, except for I, 
do you know the 11 laws by heart? Yeah, from Amin to, to Geb? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you could t tell them tell them to us? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, zero. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start. Let's, let's hear the real stuff. Yeah, zero would be the, the law of Amin. And it's, uh, my nature is an unconquerable peace, therefore nothing and nobody in the world could be against me. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. The law of our men is um, I was made in the likeness of a peace that nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I reclaim. I reclaim my peace so that I may attain my reason for coming into existence. The enjoyment and, um, of life. Yeah, the enjoyment of life. And then um, the law of Osar or Osiris is uh, my nature is an unconquerable peace. Therefore, nothing and nobody in the world could be against me. All experiences come to me to promote my reclamation of peace so that I may in turn acquire wisdom and spiritual power. And then the law of Tehuti is uh, when all of my thoughts, feelings, and actions reflect the word of God, then a peace that nothing can disturb in the power of God's wisdom and spirit shall flow through my being. And then the law of Sekert is when my emotions manifest in response to the word of God, they have the power to change the course of any and all events in the world. And then the law of Ma'at is God needs me in order to come into the world Fulfilling God's need is the highest act of love, and only through my love of God can I fulfill my love for others. I've become the love of God in the world for the protection of the world. And then Harakuti is, I realize that God neither punishes nor rewards nor protects, and that I have the comfort of controlling these for myself. The law of Haru is, I have the power but not the right to ignore God's law. I choose to follow the law of God with the love and joy that grows from understanding and the power of God's wisdom and spirit flowing through my being. And then the law of Het Haru is, it's uh, it's not what I imagine. It's who is imagining. Mm -hmm. I'm a divine being, not a human. Uh, the law of um, Sebek is uh, not what I think. It's who is thinking and affirming. I'm a divine being, not a human. Then the law of all set is um, I'm prepared to give up everything to become a vessel of God on earth, and I will in turn receive everything. And then the law of Geb is I realize from heaven I came, and to heaven I shall return, and I do not seek enduring works on earth. Mm-hmm. That's the 11 laws. And where did the 11 laws come from? Um, That's a from the deep question. <laughs> from the, the metadata <laughs> or uh, the word of God, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's probably the last time the world had a, a single religion or had one that was uh, functional. Mm -hmm. And that, was, that really had uh, the interest of uh, cultivating the divine nature instead of... Uh, cultivating uh power on a physical level mm -hmm. so yeah that, that you know it's uh it came from you know you could call it chemic you know mm -hmm. that's where we get in the word that's where we're getting the word chemistry and um you know that's basically what uh people call egypt today mm -hmm. yeah there's something about like yeah uh ancient ancient practices i forget what you said but it was something about like the older your tradition is like the more they consider it it could be like woo woo or whatever and not that i i don't like that term but yeah you've you've been to egypt like you've obviously been interested in this in such a deep way like yeah i, li I lived there for like seven months mm -hmm. it was uh you know, it's a shame because a lot of that culture is destroyed. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, even the ruins that are left, I mean, as magnificent as they are, it's a lot of destruction and a lot of disrespect because, I mean, it's 
the people that made those things are no longer there. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with people that are uh, capitalizing on that um, that amazing culture that was there. They're basically just selling tickets to a show that they're not performing in. And um, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, you go to you know, people think they go to the pyramids. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of the desert, but it's right in the middle of Giza, Cairo, where, um, you know, not very far, a stone's throw from the, there is a bunch of, uh, you know, buildings and smog and people begging everywhere, and it's just you know not to point blame or to hate the beggars or anything, but that's what's going on. You know, it's people flicking their cigarette butts there. They don't really care because they didn't make it. You know, if you made it, you respect it. You know. Definitely. Yeah. So it's it's you know at, at some level it's a smack in the face to the Islamic culture because there is no building like there's no buildings like uh, uh, you know like Valley of the Kings and, and Luxor or, or um, Abu Ramzi Temple or the Temple I mean the pyramids themselves like there's no no Muslim culture has ever achieved that level of uh, mm-hmm. geometry or, or architecture so it's it's kind of a slap in the face to them because. Everyone wants to come there for reasons that they aren't. They have no. They don't really have personal value for them things. Uh huh. So it's, it's you know some people they can respect it on a ground level. Some people, some younger generations respect it a little bit because the internet and everything. But um, you know it's it's far removed because you got Egypt got destroyed because they were so benevolent, and then the kindness got taken for weakness, and then they kept getting attacked. For generations and generations and generations, and then finally it broke down, and then you had, uh, you had the, so you had the Greeks coming in who were like the Etruscans, really. Mm-hmm. They came in, the, the Romans who were descendants of the Etruscans as well. Then you had uh, the Persians, the Ottomans, and then uh, the Arabs, and so it's like it's just a lot of dysfunction, a lot of mixture of those cultures that are pretty much like uh, eroded, you know, they just eroded what was once there. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's wild. But the only thing, it's great though. Egypt's a great place, don't get me wrong. I still love <laughs> a lot of the people there. Yeah, it's of still course. a great place. Like, it kind of lets you know, like, humans have been living in this spot for thousands of years, so it, it's probably going to continue. Mm-hmm. So it kind of lets you know, like, this is a massive mess, but it's still going on, so it, it can be salvaged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that to end, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I guess shoot that to me, man. uh, Definitely. You know, yeah. This this should be a pretty good one. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. I could, you have so much information. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it reaches some people, or I shouldn't say hope. You know, but you know, <laughs> I'd like, I'd, I would enjoy seeing it reaching people. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, All right, thank you, and have a good day. And I'll send you Peace the too. MP3. Bye. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Most of the time, when the rain starts pouring. But how we grind and make the weather change for us. Most of the time, when the rain is start pouring. But how we grind and make the weather change for us. Most of the time, when the rain is start pouring. 
Or how we grind and make the weather change for us Or we never change for us So smile for us when you see us drive for us Nigga, watch us fall Stop and start, nigga, not at all Cause I don't care too much for money But money can buy me love I'll give you